I just thought it would be funny to like break into somebody's house and instead of stealing stuff, you give them stuff. <laughs> but you very someone broke into my house you, and left a bag of rice. You very clearly make it a breaking and entering, like smashed windows and everything. But it's just like an Xbox left there <laughs> <laughs> and and a note for money to repair the window. <laughs> yeah, it would be, be so weird, right? Someone should do that. Hey, welcome to episode 33 of Front Seat Gamer. I'm your host, Nick. I'm here with Severn. Hey. And Blake. What's up? How's it going, guys? It's going good, man. We'll be talking about Firewatch uh, later in this episode. But first, Severn, what have you been playing? (laughs) I hear you've been playing The Division a little bit. How'd you know? Because we talked about it (laughs) earlier. (laughs) And that failed recording. Yeah, when, when, when you weren't being recorded by accident. Mm. Yes. Yeah, Blake. Accident. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I've been playing. Uh, I played the beta, is, is what I played. Okay. Really just to see what my computer, like if it could run it. Yeah, could it? Yeah, really well. Good. For some reason, the automat- the the default was at 4K settings, which was BS. Do you have a 4K monitor? No. What? But it, but it just defaulted to like a 4K resolution. Weird. Did it look good? No, it was stuttery. And then uh. I was like, this shouldn't be happening because it looks like balls. Change it down, smooth, 1080. Yeah, you want your balls to be smooth. <laughs> right. <laughs> Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> no? You just tune in suddenly. <laughs> <laughs> just tune down and tune back. Uh, yeah. I hope his balls smooth. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so it looked, it looked great. I was really just um, checking out art. Yeah? Like I do. Good yeah. art? Yeah. It's probably one of the best looking games. Like Since GTA 5? Since The Order. Since the order, oh yeah. wow! High praise, fellas. Wow. Yeah, the order looked really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, Has it got gameplay like the order though? Um, no, Is it's like a. I hope it's better. I, I don't know what to compare it to. It's it's like your uh, bullet spongy type shooter, third person shooter games. You know, you, you couldn't ever execute a headshot unless you were. Like, when your levels above oh, whoever you're yeah, taking now. Yeah. Oh, like a headshot is just maybe bonus damage, but you're not gonna. Yeah. It's like an out. MMO. It's, it's one of those. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's like, like an MMO. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like an MMO. Yeah. Or Borderlands, which is. Because you're not like, headshot on Borderlands. You could. It would be critical damage, but uh, you wouldn't necessarily kill them in one yeah. hit. Um. Are so, there any? Are there any boss fights? Uh yeah, there was one. Yeah. In, in the uh, the beta, yeah, when you go to rescue one of the science wing guys okay yeah he, he's a he's a massive dude with a flamethrower okay and you end up just running around this place ducking for cover and trying to shoot him does uh, does it seem like this game has is gonna keep you like playing for a while well or? i'm not really into it but yeah. but the people that do like it yeah there is like multiplayer elements to it and i'm sure well it's an mmo right so there's massively multiplayer elements i don't know how massive it gets though Pretty massive, I think. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to say seven massives. Uh, I'm part of the, the bullet spongy thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's... I mean, so The Division is a game with progression, right? You played the beta. I assume it was like an early part of the game. Like uh, yep. the opening levels or whatever. Yep. Um, and did you notice your character getting stronger during that? Yeah. Yeah, you do. 
So if you could just headshot dudes and they would die, that kind of that kills that potential, right? I, I get it. I I get that adding RPG elements increases right. the longevity of the game. Yeah, and also means you get a different feeling of reward. It's it's not necessarily a better feeling of reward mm-hmm. in a in a first person shooter where you get a great headshot from across the map against a tough opponent. You feel great, like mm. it's an awesome feeling. Yeah. Um, and whereas getting a slightly faster kill on a monster who you faced a level or two earlier is a different kind of good feeling. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to stretch that like great headshot feeling across an MMO for two thousand plus hours, right? Yep. So I, I get it. It's a very loot centric game. It's yeah. You know, there's reasons to do that. Does it have the whole like? Epic loot and yeah, like like yeah, man. levels of loot. Yeah, kind dude, of they, they have chests and stuff. Yeah, yeah, you'd go oh, around. Yeah, like you're it. rewarded for exploring as well. Oh, cool. So you can you know go into apartments and um you know find backpacks and things. Are you doing much surviving kind of thing or like you know getting bandages or canned food or water or anything like that? Not it. It doesn't look that scarce from where you are. You're almost like a soldier. Like yep. a mercenary kind of guy, but you, you're you're establishing your base and then you you're taking out bad guys. Okay, and so who, are, who are the bad guys? I don't know. Okay, so what's, know, your, what's the, your motivation? These guys are like rebels. Um, I think there's some kind of story element. They didn't really touch on it in the beta, but there's some some kind of virus that went out and it took out a lot of people. Yeah, and you you have to kill everyone who survived the virus. There there are bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. I thought it was interesting because I heard how the virus spread. Mm-hmm. Um, that is it through it, guns. <laughs> that that would have actually worked probably even better. Uh-huh. But um, it was on. It was it was around Black Friday, right? Yeah. The big the big sale day. Yeah. And uh, some some people put viruses a virus on the money, like on money. <sighs> and so it's it's just being spread all over the place. They, they don't mention it's not even that. really a cash economy anymore. <laughs> It's going to affect a very small percentage yeah. of the population. Yeah. The guys hoarding money under their bed. Yeah. Those guys. <laughs> the, the, the few people, like the 60 plus who don't use their bank card. Yeah. Oh, dear. Uh, Blake, what have you been playing? Um, I've, I've been playing a few things. I don't know how much I can talk about them, though, because... Wow. Was yeah, there's not, nothing special, but... Uh, Secret games? So I was I was playing... I've been playing Minecraft. <gasps> the Ooh. tout? Yeah, so, okay, see, I'm I, kidding. <laughs> it's like everyone's played Minecraft, so yeah. like talking about it, I don't know if if that's interesting. Well, I mean, so we, let's talk about why you're playing Minecraft. So you've played Minecraft, you played it several years ago, right? Yeah, so I, I have a, this weird thing I notice where I tend to go in waves of Minecraft where every year or two I'll get really, really hardcore into it for yeah. like a couple of months and then eventually I'll just go, oh, why am I still playing this? And then I won't play for another year or something. Yeah. Um, but uh, we're playing now because a bunch of people from work have set up a server. Um, and there's been so many updates that now it's so easy to, to like get onto the server through this like Minecraft Realms thing okay, that yeah. didn't exist the last time I was there. Um, yeah, and it's just cool. Like there's, uh, I think maybe 10 of us playing. Uh-huh. And it, it's just cool because you log on and you see what other people have built and, and all that kind of stuff. And it that element keeps you playing i think yeah but so your motivation is to see what other people are building and then and then sort of build some complementary stuff yeah sort of yeah yeah okay so well i want i want to build the best right so i'm in competition like no one ever was 
What's that? It's Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's Minecraft. It's it's cool, I guess. Did um did anything change when Microsoft took it over? Is it integrated with Windows Ten? Well, Is there a tile for it? A live tile? Does everything have to happen through Internet Explorer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're playing through that browser. <laughs> oh no, well, the Edge browser <laughs> with the same logos. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's different, guys. It's, just, it's totally different. Um, I I don't know when. Like I th- I don't know uh, when this like Minecraft Realms thing came in. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe it was after Microsoft, and it just seemed easier now. Okay. And um, I don't know. There's been huge updates like there's different types of blocks since i last played and and stuff like that so mm. yeah i don't know i don't know enjoying it yeah it's fun it's fun um how long have you been playing for it like a week and a half ish i think how long do you expect to keep playing i don't know like that's the thing i'm just gonna ride this wave out till i'm eventually bored of it yeah i, I started building a new castle that's like really got my attention at the moment uh-huh um yeah <laughs> i gotta i might i might try and get on that maybe yeah you should you week. should um it's actually it's it was actually this is yeah it was actually kind of um exciting when i i was playing just before the podcast yeah and uh, i was on and there was I, th- I think maybe five other people on there and someone has been going through the nether the sort of hell hell yeah yeah, yeah. realm um there's weird floating things that shoot you from yeah, a million and miles that away make, like the weirdest noise yeah of, like a child or something super yeah. weird um but yeah th- she was like exploring that and um she just uh, over chat goes oh I, f- I found someone's random nether portal like out in the middle of nowhere in the nether Ooh. and she went through it and she found like a base in the desert <gasps> and we're, we're sitting there going whose base is this <laughs> <laughs> and it i don't know it's 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 just stupid fun I, yeah but you know there's a mystery there yeah now there's solved. a mystery there and i was like oh i want to know I want to know whose it was, you know. But yeah. yeah. Did you find out? No, because I did the podcast. <sighs> podcast <laughs> ruins everything. Yeah. Um, Sacrifices we make for our listeners. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's cool. It's just playing with friends is keeping me going. Yeah. Um, the last time I played, I played with like some some friends from outside of work. Um, and there was only like maybe four of us, I think. And mm. I didn't last very long playing that because eventually I was the only one playing and it got boring. Mm. Um, yeah. But um, aside from that, I was playing um, uh, City Skylines. Uh huh. Yeah. So the the quote unquote better version of SimCity. Yeah. Holy crap! It's so much better than SimCity. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. How so? Um, well, well, okay. First, first of all, number one, you're not restricted to that tiny little square that you build in. Nice. Right. Um, and like Sim SimCity, I thought was a kind of a cool idea with the whole region thing, where you have like. Especially like multiplayer wise, you'd have like someone in a neighboring city, and you can like trade or like complement each other kind of thing. Yeah. And I I played in a region with Rory uh, from from work, uh-huh. and it was cool to like look over to him, his city and see his city slowly getting bigger and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. But then it's like you reach the borders of that that square, and that's it. You just have to. I you guess, can only like, improve vertically. Yeah, basically, yeah. you just make everything dense, and yeah. and that's it. But um, city skylines, like it starts off in a small square, uh-huh. uh, but you can purchase adjacent land, and I think you can eventually just buy the entire like region. Wow. Um, and that that's kind of cool because it sort of it sort of I guess it sort of stops you from sprawling 
too much yeah, from the start it, it and getting also out of hand. Probably provides an element of progression. Yeah, it's it, nice. Sh- it like, sure does. When you buy that new section, you've achieved something yeah. and you've unlocked something. Well, it, yeah, and it's also like planning. Like you, you, you start filling out that first square, and you're like, "All right, I need some new land." And you look around, and you can at, at the start, you can only, you can only purchase adjacent right. tiles. So you have to be like, "Okay, what do I actually want to do? Or do I want like uh, a bigger industry section?" So I kind of want it maybe away from everything else. So uh-huh. I can purchase this block, or I want like residential, so I'll just purchase this block that has like no no rivers on it or anything like that. Uh-huh. So you're kind of planning your city a little bit more. Right. Yeah. Considering exactly what you're going to use the yeah. block for, yeah. what's going to most efficiently let you mm. grow. Cool. Yeah. Did, did SimCity ever come out and like tell people why the, the area was so small? I think they maps? did, but I can't remember what they said. Probably some Technical nonsense limit. like, uh, like if it was bigger, it would be too slow or, or something like that. Okay. You know? Like it was the biggest size they could make because of the the amount of processing that's happening in that city. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. But is is that the only pet peeve with with SimCity? Um, well, I mean, they had the whole on always online thing oh, that yeah. was really annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, like there were like I I didn't play it too much. I that's what annoyed me the most was that size thing. But I heard other people got annoyed with traffic. Like managing traffic didn't really work, like properly. Okay. Like you'd try and set up routes for people, and they'd still just sort of bottleneck in the same spots, and yeah. it, it wasn't really like smart traffic mm-hmm. or anything. And there was also a weird thing where like you could zoom down and click on a person, and it would show their name and stuff, and you'd yeah. be like, "Oh, that's cool," and you could follow them around. But like every day they went to a different job. Every day they, <laughs> every awesome. night they went to a different house. Oh, right. Like they didn't actually have. A real there was there was like, no consistency. It was yeah, just a series of dice rolls. It was, yeah, it was like a it was like a surface simulation. Yeah, where whereas like it looked like it was like really deep and like oh all these people have families and stuff. But mm-hmm. then if you go down another layer, you realize oh there's actually nothing there. It's all just on the surface. So there was a game called uh, Monopoly. I've heard of this yeah. game. The, <laughs> yeah, and it, but it, so it was based on the board game. But it was a you basically you buy city blocks. Oh no, you can build on city blocks. You build like. Um, restaurants and and pool houses and every, like time passes within the game and as time passes you unlock modern buildings like mm. in the 50s you unlock a jazz club in the 70s you can unlock a disco and oh, and people's like uh desire to uh well like their desires change with the age like someone oh, yeah. doesn't care about an ice cream parlor so much in the in the 1970s because yeah. of the 50s thing and that that uh, you could follow around citizens, and I think they had like relatively predictable behaviors, but okay. like relatively consistent, which I really liked. Yeah, they game ruled. That sounds cool. Yeah, it was awesome, and and you'd be basically competing with other people to build on these city blocks. Like the only reason you'd want to build on like Boardwalk, for example, is because it just gets more traffic. Okay, like building on a on a cheaper block, you can charge a you you have to sort of charge less to get people in. Hmm. whereas and it was it was much more about like uh figuring out who wants what where and how much you can charge for it and hmm. and competing with uh like other players who were doing the exact same thing hmm. um and so you're just trying to it's like you're playing sim city with other players in the same city block and trying to make as much money from your citizens as possible that's crazy it's really it, I, I really liked it um it came Sounds back cool. came out in like uh Early two thousands, I think. Okay, was it three D? Yeah, three ah, D. Nice. Um, 
and yeah, we really like that game. If, if anybody's heard of it, you should email us because uh, I've never talked to anybody about it because <laughs> no one's ever heard of that game. It was, it was an Infogrames game. Infogrames went out of business shortly after, I think. Oh, yeah. That's a bummer. Wait, so was it actually based on the Monopoly board game? Yeah, yeah it was It was a license, wow. but but didn't at all play like Monopoly. Yeah. It was just like... They just got the license. And we're here's like, some areas that are <laughs> based on Monopoly. Was there even like a Mayfair or a Old Kent Road type of thing? I mean, it was the American names but yeah so it was it was boardwalk and park place and right and reading railroad and you could you could buy out the utility you could like rent the utilities and and, um it was really cool Ah. the game ruled um so i've been playing hearthstone a little bit nice um i've been playing uh clash royale have you guys heard of clash royale i have a little yeah Yeah. a little bit so if you haven't heard of clash royale uh you know clash of clans that mobile game that's just everywhere but nobody you know plays it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just insanely and inexplicably popular. Hmm. Clash Royale is by the same developer and set in the same universe, but it's a completely different game. It's a mobile RTS uh, at first glance, but really more of a card game in terms of how you actually play it and how you form your strategies. Hmm. And that's what I really like about it is it's got like really strong card game elements, but um, interesting RTS themes and and some rts mechanics like positioning where you place your units is really important um and it's basically like a tower defense game where you've you've got three towers your opponent's got three towers and you are sending waves of minions at your opponent who send waves of minions at you and you try and basically win the little tug of war that happens in the middle yep um it's really cool i like it a lot it looks really good but um from what i've heard about it is that it hits you with the microtransactions pretty quick. I mean, you can you can pay for stuff right off the bat, but mm-hmm. what, what, you can buy cards basically, and you can buy chests full of cards, and you can buy gems to open your chests faster because they give you free chests as well. Mm-hmm. But it's not and you and obviously, like when I when I really look at the game, I think yeah, if I spent some money here, I could probably advance at the ladder quicker. But I also don't think it's impossible for me to advance up the ladder without spending money because I get rewards at a metered rate and the rewards make a difference and I see myself improving. And I also know that tactics definitely play an important role and like your play strategy and stuff, it all plays an important role. And there are certain things you can do to maximize your like meta game gains, like the the, the levels of your cards and the, the rate at which you're unlocking things and, and the rate at which you can buy and, and upgrade your cards. So, there are certain tricks you can perform for free that not necessarily everybody else is doing. Okay. Um, so, so I'm assuming you haven't spent any money on it. I've spent no money. Have you Have you been up against a guy who has spent money on it? Probably. I, I don't know though. Okay. It's, it's impossible to tell, really. Um, but it, it, have you ever been up against a guy and you're like, "Where do these cards come from? I don't have access to these cards. What, what yeah. are these moves? Yeah, and just get like wiped. Um. Yes. yes <laughs> that was an awesome burp super super good timing um i uh i've played against people who had like very strong and uh, cars but i've also got very strong cards mm-hmm. um i don't know if they got them from buying it or just they were lucky when they got their their free chests yeah um the, it, the the way the progression works it's kind of you're kind of unlikely to play against someone who's that significantly more cashed up than you okay because by leveling up your cards you level up your towers 
and you probably move up the ladder quicker. Mm-hmm. So right now I have uh, – th- there's like this sort of your king level, which determines the life and, and damage that your towers do. And it's sort of the most consistent marker of progression. Um, my my dude's level five, and I think it. I think the highest I've ever seen is twelve, and that's like the pro players mm-hmm. who are at the absolute top of the ladder get to like level twelve. So there's not a huge difference between like the bottom and the top. But there is a big difference. There's a difference, sure, but it's not insurmountable. Mm-hmm. And the way you level up that level is by upgrading your cards, and upgrading your cards is the sort of biggest power difference within a match if, you, if your cards are upgraded and your opponents aren't then you're probably going to win so by upgrading your cards you're upgrading your king level and it's really easy to tell what someone's king level is and now i'm my king level is level five and i usually play against level six opponents because i'm a little under leveled um for where i am in the ladder but um i'm not playing against like level eight opponents and i'm not playing against level three opponents right it's it's only a small difference mm-hmm. um so it's whatever system they're using and I suspect there's probably a couple of matchmaking systems um, at play here. It's doing a pretty good job. It also helps that it's really popular at the moment. And so when I'm trying to find a match, it's really quick. And there are enough opponents that I'm really likely to find someone within my level range. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I've been playing that. Hearthstone just announced a new expansion uh, called Whispers of the Old Gods, which I'm very excited about because it is... Old Gods themed. And I remember when Hearthstone first came out, I was like, I want there to be a Cthune themed oh, expansion. Yeah. <laughs> I may have even mentioned it to you. I don't know. I may have discussed it. I can't remember. I just remember when I when I first started playing, I was like, man, as soon as they do like an Encourage or, or Cthune themed expansion, I'm, 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 I'm excited. So this is it. Yeah. Um, they've shown off some cards. I have mixed feelings about it. Mm. Um, because, uh, have you seen any of the cards, Blake? The new cards? Yeah. I I know nothing about this okay. expansion. Like I literally like maybe yesterday somebody told me that there was a new Yeah. expansion coming out. Yeah. So basically they've got these four old gods and they're all are six six creatures, which is Okay. Uh, outside of the range of Big Game Hunter currently, if that means anything to you. Hmm. Big Game Hunter kills anything with seven or more oh, attack. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah right. Yeah, um, and it's also one of the like, most restrictive cards for in, in, in the sort of the game. Because you, if something has seven or more attack, it, it's easily countered. Yep. And that makes it not worth playing. Mm. Um, so these all have less than that. Uh, and they there are like 16, I think, are red. Some, some number of cards that specifically affect the old gods in some way. And okay. a couple of the shown off is like, when you play it, your Cthun, or Cthun with C, whatever, however you want to pronounce it, gets plus two, plus two. And it doesn't matter if he's in your deck or on the battlefield. He gets this plus two, plus two. Um, and then there's another one, whenever you, uh, some condition where where he gets plus one, plus one every every so often from a different okay. card. Yeah. Um, so these cards that, that boost up a specific god yeah. uh, when they're played or, or affect it in some way. Uh. Um, now, I have mixed feelings about this because it means in Constructed, it's really clear what your deck is as soon as you play one of these cards. Yep. You play this card, it says it buffs Cthune. Okay, my opponent has Cthune in his deck. Mm. I now know that. I can start playing around that. And in Arena, where you don't have like predictable cards, every time one of these cards appears, it's like, well, great. I can't... I don't think I'm going to get Cthune. 
or I don't have them currently, mm. am I going to take this card that is going to buff a card and isn't going to do much else? It's, I, I don't have that. I, there's no guarantee I'm going to get that card. What do, mm. How do I how do I deal with that? Yeah, you, so, could, you could draft a whole bunch of these buff cards and then and turns then, out you don't even get the, yeah. the old god. That or, or possibly even worse, you get the old god <laughs> and you don't get any of the buff cards. Yeah. And so it's a 6-6 six, six for 10 <laughs> mana that does like very little. On, when it, it's just, just, so it's, it's hard to... I don't see it fitting in the arena well. And in constructed, it gives away so much information mm. that I have. I I don't know how it's going to be like good to play. It's, well, it, it seems hard to play those I mean, cards. You, could you just put in one of those buff cards in your deck to fake out oh, the sure. opponent, and then your your opponent thinks, "Oh, you, there's you, a Cthulhu. I better get prepared for that." When really could, surprised there isn't, and you're left vulnerable in some other way. You could definitely do that, but then you've got a card that's worse than a card that's, that could be doing true. something that's better. True. Like you're just <laughs> oh, great. It's it's not buffing something. Awesome. <laughs> I could play something that would buff something. Yeah. <laughs> like I could I could play something that doesn't buff a specific card. It buffs any card and, you know, it's useful. Yeah, but it throws it off your opponent. To, your opponent doesn't know what's happening. This opponent's so true. confused. Your opponent, they just quit. Your opponent's on the other side going, what is he doing? He's, he's This isn't good. He's doing real bad. This is a I'm real easy win match. This real easy. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's those two games. Uh, and we've all played Firewatch. Yeah. And this is the first time we've all played a game. Have we all beaten it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So we're gonna talk about Firewatch. If you haven't beaten Firewatch and you're listening to this, uh, maybe uh, pause it. Maybe wait until you've played it. Or if you don't care, keep listening. We're we're probably gonna be spoilers. It's like what is it? Four hours long? Maybe? Yeah, it's real short. It's, yeah, it's super short. And it's like been like a month, right, since it's been out. So yeah. Um, just so fair warning though. If yeah, we, yeah. We're gonna probably spoil some stuff. So, uh, what did you guys think, Severn? This uh, is definitely not the kind of game that most people would associate with you. Oh, because <laughs> there were no cars, because, you know, no cars, no shooting, no drugs. So well, you did get, you do get into a car at the start. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where it hooked you. I bet. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. You're, <laughs> yeah. You go through that parking lot. And you're like, damn, that car. Yeah, that's a car right there. Um, I actually followed the game a little bit just through the uh, Idle Thumbs guys. Yep. And I heard it, you know, you hear about the game, you see all the monsters attached to it. Yeah. The art style comes out. I, I think they just did a really good job uh, getting it out to people like us. Mm. And, um, yeah, I, I just love the art style, and it was a story-heavy game it's from a small company, too. It's, cool. fu- it's funny because I, I get the feeling that it's like a game almost made for developers. Like, it was marketed almost to game developers. Because yeah. I have friends that you know are pretty hardcore gamers, and none, none of them played firewatch or even were looking forward to it but every game developer i spoke to was like firewatch is coming yeah yeah i, I thought it was really interesting because it seemed there was very very little promotion mm. out there and it was also the game i was most excited about from last e3 yeah um do, so, do you want to talk about your arc like with the game like did, <laughs> did you have an emotional arc for, for me um the way it established you as that character, yeah, I, I thought it was fantastic. Just through text, it, yeah, yeah, it hit me like up. Yeah, the first ten minutes of up. Yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, oh. where you get, yeah, <laughs> it's like, super it sad. Up, he up for cash. <laughs> hit me up. Yo, bro, <laughs> can I borrow some? I was mugged. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I really like the way they did it. It was pure imagination. Mm. Well, yeah. So the 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 very opening 
uh, in which you are basically determining your origin story. Uh, it shows no visuals. It's just all text, but it's it's written in such a way that the choices it gives you really hit you quite hard, mm. and they make you really... You sit there and you go, oh, man. Yeah, it kind of shows you what kind of person you are. Yeah. Well. yeah. It's, it's great yeah, like that. Sure. Uh, made me feel like a real dick. Really. Um, <laughs> what, what did you... Uh, did I, I put her in a home. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. I think I did too. Yeah, I think I did too. And I, I well, think I've, I visited and those, stuff, but... Those were the two options, right? Put her in a home or look after her. Yeah. Yeah, I put her in a home. Yeah, so here's, I, I had also, last year or the year before, I had watched um, a, a Louis Theroux documentary about uh, Alzheimer's mm-hmm. oh, right. and dementia. Yeah. And... Um, in particular, they show some early onset Alzheimer's patients. Yeah. And it is heartbreaking. Ah. It is really, really upsetting. And so, um, and these people like, there's there's this really lovely, in this documentary, there's this really lovely woman who's married. She she was a secretary for a, a like dentist. Okay. And they fell in love and, and they were married for years and years and years. And then this guy is in his like, 60s maybe like early 60s so not like super alzheimer's-y dementia age mm. he's still pretty useful youthful but he can't he doesn't remember marrying her oh, um thinks they're just friends uh so he she couldn't keep taking care of him mm. so they they she put him in this like place that specializes in alzheimer's patients and um because he doesn't remember really being married to her she, she he's got these like special friends in the retirement village and she visits him and she can see that like these these weird relationships going on oh weird and it's really heartbreaking for her and so eventually she files for divorce and oh, it's just yeah. like yeah what do you do in that situation yeah i mean what do you do and you, that's the you, that's yeah. the question they give you <laughs> i think i i think too just the idea of um, for them to pick Alzheimer's as the disease. That, yes. Because I, going into it, I was like, you could kind of tell that something bad was going to happen um, and you thought, well, it's going to be cancer, right? Like, she's going to get cancer, she's going to die, and it's going to be yeah. sad. Um, this is but, a, but this is actually worse. A very interesting choice yeah. because the wife is still alive. Uh, she's just not necessarily your wife anymore yeah. in, in any like emotional sense for her. Um, and that makes it very hard for him that this is what well, it's always, I think it's one of those sort of truisms. People say that Alzheimer's is much harder for the people hmm. around the sufferer than the sufferer. Cause mm. the sufferer doesn't really know what's no, they just, as they, far as they're aware. They're just in their, in their bubble. Yeah. It's the people yeah, around them yeah. who, who start getting forgotten. And so I chose to look after her. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, interesting. So uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and you'd go out, you go to a bar, you, you kind of you're thinking about it. You, you have no. You're, you're completely isolated mm, because yeah. you're looking after this person. It, it gets to a point where the parents come over. You're just stressed. You you can't deal with it. Um, the parents come over. They take her back. To uh, Australia. Yeah, her parents take her back, uh, yeah. and, and that's how. That that was me going into. Yeah. You know the watch oh, the, okay. the lookout. That's that's. Yeah, that's kind of interesting because it sort of does end up in the same situation. Yes. Because mm-hmm. I think the home that you send it to is in Australia, yep. right? Oh, yeah. okay. Um, and I think that's uh, one of the clever tricks this game pulls. And I think they the writers had done some previous like done this previously for some of the Telltale games. Mm. Um, There's sort of this false choice where um, you're given these options, but they all – and they look like forking paths, but they all sort of reconverge. Mm. Were, were the um – so, you send her to a home in Australia. Mm-hmm. Is that because of the parents? 
because the parents are close by. Why? Uh, I think that was the the reason for it. I don't yeah. exactly remember, but it, I do remember them it's ha- near family and friends. Yeah, hers. Yeah. Um, it's weird because you're established in you know America. Wouldn't you want to be close to your partner? Yeah, but maybe is that well? I mean, true, but but her, also her, her family, family yeah. is in Australia. So you sent uh, it. Uh, is is your character really stressed out at this point? Yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, it's the same amount of stress where yeah. it's like, and you just get to that point where you're like, okay, should I continue looking after her? And it just depends on you know how how you feel. Mm. You know? Yeah, the level of guilt as you yeah. that you as a player experience is different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I, yeah, I felt like. I, I I actually I remember because um, while well, while this is happening, um, your uh, it, it's being like in the cut with actual gameplay of you walking through the forest and getting to the thing. Yep. And after after that, uh, I think you see the deer at that that point, like the yep. first time you see some wildlife. I was just standing there like, oh man, I was <laughs> just I was so upset. Yeah, and just <laughs> like kicking yourself. Yeah, Kind of just like, did I do the right thing? Oh, man, I just felt terrible. Yeah, it was, yeah. And I was just staring at the forest being like... So <laughs> this is, I think, one of the biggest strengths of this game. Despite the fact that there's a lot of like illusions of choice, um, the choices that you make affect you as a player. Maybe yeah. they don't affect the character so much, but they affect um, how you are perceiving the information that you're getting. Mm. Um, and I think that's really interesting. Um, so... What did you think of the game overall, Severn? Um, well, because it's not this. I mean, it's not your typical style of game, right? Yep. yep. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I love the hell out of that game. Cool. Like, I don't. I can't think of any flaws with that game. Like, what well, so here's here's a question. I have you played it since? No, and I don't think I will. I, I don't. I don't want to tarnish that experience. Okay. So the reason is because you had a, you had a, a really enjoyable experience, mm-hmm. and you don't necessarily yeah I don't want to see where it, the, you don't want to peek behind the curtain yeah I don't want to see where it's being a game okay so yeah if you I, that's what I was thinking I played it through that one time yeah and I I don't really want to play through it again because it was it, it would kind of cheapen that first experience yeah I feel like you just the second time you play through it. You'll just be like, okay, now I got to get to this point and this point, and then this thing happens, and then oh, I'll make it this d- different decision yeah. now. And you, you're just sort of exploring yeah. the whole game yeah. as a game rather than as a. And as, then you would see how linear it is and how yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but there is there is one thing I actually do want to do, and um, because there are so many dialogue options, they have a lot of options where you don't say, you can just not say anything. Mm-hmm. And I would be interested to see what happens if you go through the game not saying anything, yeah. not replying to yeah, not Delilah replying, at all, yeah. yeah. So there's there there are a few things I want to explore, and the biggest obstacle for me is something you've raised, which is there's a lot of I I, I think of it as work to get yeah. through. Oh yeah, to get through that exploration. Yeah. Like um, if I want to do a, a, a no dialogue playthrough, I still I assume have to hit all these objectives, and that's it's not any quicker than it was the first time I played it. Mm. it, it I mean, because I was fairly direct going to a lot of these places originally i mean i now maybe can maybe run a little more between the locations but like anytime i want to climb down one of those gravelly hills oh, take forever yeah i that's like a full minute of my life yeah. <laughs> and i'm committing to that um yeah. so the improvement i wanted i i think i've mentioned this to you guys already the improvement i would make to that game is in the chronology of the game you you go through the first few days and then it jumps forward to like day seventy something. Like mm. it jumps quite a ways ahead, 
And in the first few days, you are slow, and it takes a while to climb over logs and to climb down these gravelly hills by this rope and stuff. You are just because you're, you're not super nature. You're mm. it, it makes sense that you're and you're overweight. It makes sense that you're kind of clumsy in this environment. Um, by day seventy, whatever, I feel like your character should have gotten to the point where he's much better at navigating this he environment. Sprinting over those logs, yeah, and just like it shouldn't be a a like seven second animation of climbing mm. over a rock. You should have a like one second animation where you're just you know you hop over it mm-hmm. because yeah. you're you sh- and, and that to me that makes replaying it less feel like less of a chore. It makes playing the later stages of the game feel more rewarding because mm. it feels like your character has advanced. Um, and I think it just I think it would have added an, a, a cleaner element to the the time skipping forward as well. Um, mm. But. That's just that would have been cool. I give them, I give these guys a huge pass because of their team size. Yeah, like, I, I, I think I'd just say that's a that's a fair piece. point. Like it's, it's, it's. I mean, ultimately, they they scoped the game however they want, mm. right? Yeah. So, uh, it was still. I I think that's a criticism of mine, an improvement I would have made had I been in some way involved. Yeah, but. Um, you know, with the resources they had, which were limited, I think the, the game is really good. Mm. Um, I've talked to other people who did not like the ending. Really? What did you guys think of the ending? So I, I really liked the ending. Can, can I talk about the arc? Like, ask you guys about your arc? Sure, yeah, go ahead. So, so when I played it, you come out of the... Uh, you're in... Oh, where is that place? You're in you're in the forest. The forest? Yeah. yeah I Wyoming. Which, Wyoming. Mm. Yeah. Um, so... Initially, talking with Delilah, I was very clammed up. It, that that okay. opening was so, yeah, so strong yeah. that I was just like, I'm not even going to talk. Like she's prodding. Yeah, you don't want, you don't want to flirt. I'm, yeah, I'm just closed off. Yeah, I was a little I, bit like I, that I was as clammed well. up yeah. completely. And I think it actually reached the breaking point where she asked a question, and I was just like, I, I think at this point I was actually aggravated, like angry. Yeah, and I kind of just. Uh, like lashed out at her basically. Okay. And then she got pissed off. Hmm. And then there was a bit of like. Was this when she was talking to someone else on the radio and her radio was left on and you probed her about it? I think so. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Around that point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that kind of opened up stuff Mm -hmm. um, between me and Delilah. Did you guys have similar experiences? I, I, I sort of did, but instead of getting angry, I did get, she asked me something about my wife and I was looking at the options, and I was like, I don't, I don't really like any of these options. And then the time ran out, and it just continued on. Silent. As I didn't say anything, and I thought, that's actually really cool, because as, as, as myself, yep. I couldn't think of what to say. And the, the game just like was like, oh, you can't think of anything to say. Yep. We'll just carry on. Yeah, like it's such a, like a Blake real move life. right there. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Such a Blake move. Right the, old, the old Blake fadeaway. <laughs> yeah, the old fadeaway. <laughs> yeah, but I thought like that's, yeah, because I was deep in thought as my character would be deep in, in thought of like, yeah. how do I want to say, you know, talk about my wife? And yeah. Then, yeah, it just. It just it was it just it was just a natural thing. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. That is fantastic. Did, did you have a similar experience? Um, I I don't really remember. I do remember. So in my arc, there was a increasing sense of paranoia, um, and that grew and grew and grew throughout mm. the throughout the story, mm-hmm. um, especially involving the two teens did the, that went missing. You guys were just a second ago talking about that whole time where she was on the radio with somebody else yes uh so i didn't 
I didn't like probe into that, but that is definitely when paranoia started to uh-huh. to, to to creep in because she was saying something like, "Why would I tell him that?" Oh, yeah, or something. And then I'm just like, "What is?" That's what actually is this? that's one part of the story that I don't think ever got. Um, it's probably just nothing resolved. I mean, it's probably right? just nothing, right? Yeah, just could talking be. with another could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's there's a few things. There are some some sort of open ended. Some question marks by the end of that, by the end of the game, that I, I feel like never got necessarily resolved. Mm. Um, that's one of them. Um, I also felt like the actual, uh, I guess you could call it the ending twist, where you find out the, some of the sources of of what's going on. Yeah, you mm-hmm. get through the gate, you get the key. Yeah, but well, for, further than that, the, when, when you, you actually when find you, the hermits, like yeah, oh, when you right, find yeah. the hideout. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I still felt like there was more than met the eye there. Mm. Um, but then I spoke to some people and they filled in some gaps that okay. I, I, I still have some question marks, but um, for example, did, when you went to the, the fenced in area mm-hmm. and you found the little research tent yep. and you find there's a page that has like four subjects on it, like uh, a female and three males Hmm. And uh, you think it's yourself and Delilah and two other males, and you're you're given the option of thinking, saying, "Oh, I think it's the twins, or it could be oh, right. this father and son team, or it could be yeah. these two dudes from these letters." Yeah, I thought it was the dudes from the letters. Uh huh. I because they were other in other towers. I I thought like mm. so. Um, speaking to Carl about this at work, yeah, his interpretation of it. Um, which makes a lot more sense is that those were just elk. <laughs> those were just deer and elk. Oh, it was just a research it's station. A, yeah. Yeah. And, actually that makes so much more sense. And, and what was actually going on was there is this, the, uh, uh, spoilers of course. Yeah, you, no, you should, spoiler, um, go for it. The, the guy whose son had died and had, who had been hiding out mm-hmm. and who had been spying on you and listening I think it's fa- safe to say he's probably a little mentally ill. Yeah. He's been, you know, living alone for years. His son died uh, and he's afraid. And, um, and he was worried that you guys would find out. And he realized, because you guys had been talking so paranoidly about, like, this research area, he might be able to plant evidence there that makes it look like yeah. you're being researched in depth. And yeah. you find these pages in his hideout that, mm. that really give credence to that. And it's just sort of coincidental that there are some elk that you happen to That's, associate with your personality yeah, yeah. because the male eats too much and the female, whatever. Like, <laughs> it's really clever that yeah. that's, that's where these two stories intersect. And I think uh, I really enjoyed that. What I, what I never understood was where are those scientists? <laughs> no, didn't they explain that, that they only go there for a few months and they leave all their equipment there? Yeah, that is a little odd that they do leave all the equipment there. <laughs> it's um, very, very expensive, delicate equipment. Yeah, but I mean, it's in a fenced off area, so, you know. <laughs> no, <laughs> But sure. the tent is wide open. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just... <laughs> yeah. And they leave all their stuff there as well. It's yeah, just like is, that all is papers and like, tracking equipment. Yeah. Um, apparently, there are there are a lot of secrets I didn't find. Like, there's a dead elk at some point that has a tracking... Really? I didn't see uh, that. A necklace around it, uh, and there's... Uh, there's some song lyrics in a in a in an outhouse. Did you find those? An outhouse. 
What, the outhouse that's by your... No, the second outhouse. Did you find that? No, I didn't find that. Second outhouse with some song lyrics. And if you find all the letters between those two guys... Oh, yeah. um, You can find a recording of the song for those lyrics are for. Um, And there's also just secret animals. I found the raccoon. Found the raccoon in in the oven. I found that too. Whoa, in the oven? Wait, what? what? In the oven? Okay, you guys found a different raccoon. Yeah, I found a raccoon out in the wild. (laughs) Okay. And, And it was quite cool because I went to take a photo of it. And as I was, like, walking up to it, Delilah suddenly goes up, like, shouts really loud on the radio going, pears, pears, pears. And, pears, yeah, pears, and, pears. Yeah, and it scares the raccoon away. <laughs> and you're just like, what the hell was that? And she's like, oh, I'm just doing this crossword, and I figured out the theme for it, and it's pears. So it's like, That's awesome. Yeah. All right, this um, is one thing I loved about that game. And it touches on something that the extra credits guy brought up. Yeah. And it was, why are video game stories so such garbage compared Mm. to say tv shows sure and they broke it down to like dialogue per minute yeah this tv show has content like it's it's all character development constantly and for video games you can it's very hit or miss like you you can actually have your character say something to reflect their character but then it breaks some kind of connection you may have Mm. with with your character sure but with firewatch that walkie-talkie it was pure context like for your character too so it was all character development and you could actually walk see a landmark and ask delilah and have that banter back and yes. forth i thought that walkie-talkie was it's, brilliant well yeah the also the fact that you are often in charge of the information mm. that is exchanged yeah you find a you find a scratched up tree you can ask about it or not mm. and when you ask about it it's you performing the action and, and driving the story forward which mm. is um, which is clever and and keeps you involved and keeps you interested. Um, one thing I really liked about just if we're just talking about the story and the progression of the story, um, I was talking to Jonathan and Mike, two employees at, at Grinding Gear. Or I mean, Jonathan's not an employee; <laughs> he's an employer. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we were discussing the storyline. He he's one of the people who hated the ending. Really? Yes. And uh, the reason. Is because it what I I, I I'm, my interpretation of what he was saying is because it was basically very mundane and yeah anticlimactic that's, and, that's and, a huge anticlimax that's exactly why I liked it right though. this yeah. is this is why I liked it as well it was not easy writing to make uh, to make it turn out that there are secret agents following you around mm. and spying on you is really easy and and exactly where most video games would go because it's yeah. It, it's a cheap and easy way to keep the player involved and and it was it, the writers were definitely playing on your um expectation expectation of yeah. that yeah. you know because because you're playing a video game yeah oh, of course there's like a secret government facility yeah. somewhere that's yeah. like doing weird research yeah and, you're gonna pick up right. a gun and <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's kind of it's to me it's like lost you, you know the yes, show lost I, I was thinking of that a little bit they well. rate they, there's oh so many mysteries oh my god i'm so intrigued but it, there's no substance there. No, no. It, it, but then, in the, the end, the, the, well, yeah. <laughs> it, what the I problem liked, with Lost though is that the writers eventually just started making stuff up as they went along, and they didn't really have a master sure, plan. Sure, but that's I mean that's what any writing job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Lost had other problems, but <laughs> but but the the crux of it is like supernatural stuff mm. is very and, and like yeah, <laughs> it, special specialness is. Is very easy to to yeah. as a as a hook. Um, what's hard is to make it grounded in real world. 
Yeah, um, that, that's what I scenarios. thought at the end. It just it felt more real. Like yes. at the end, really, what it came down to was you and Delilah working yourselves up, and the yeah, it, you are isolated. Yeah, mm. you are dealing with a troubling situation. Mm. Your mind goes to the extreme places yeah. because you've got nothing else to think. And about. the hermit guy was just panicking because he didn't want to get found out, so he yes. was trying to lead you in a different direction away from him. That just made it worse. Yep. Um, I really liked that ending for that reason. It mm. was not the easy way out. Uh, having the the twi- like the the teenage girls turn up in the way yeah. that they did, I thought was really clever. How um, do they turn up for you? They, well, uh, after they leave, the um, you just find out that they were they had been arrested. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that I imagine that would be the same. Yeah. For everyone. yeah. Sorry, I thought yeah. you had something else. No. Oh, you didn't find their corpses. <laughs> one of them was impaled on a tree it was real creepy yeah um, they're in the outhouse <laughs> uh, the, the the their their messed up tent earlier on in the game yeah that was interesting that was one thing that, that was never really so explored I, I assumed because in the hermit's cave you find all those teen magazines so uh, I assumed after the girls left like they were drunk he and stupid it. they just went and left yeah he just raided it oh one other thing I really, really loved was uh, when when I went, visited the lake, um, and like r- the very start of the game, yep. the very first thing you do is you 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 track down these two teens yep. laying off fireworks at the lake, and you how'd you, you deal with that? Well, I just yelled at them, whatever. Oh, okay, um, oh. but I f- I picked up their boombox yep. and then threw it in the lake because <gasps> I thought I wonder if this works, and it shorts out the the boombox, oh, really? and then later on. You have to admit that you you threw their boombox in the lake. Oh, really? <laughs> and it is it is important to the story and results in Delilah saying something interesting. Oh, cool! Which I th- I loved. It was a um, completely optional, not at all mm. like indicated. There was nothing that said, "Hey, you know, you can do this." Yeah. It was me just trying it, and that it had story consequences. It was awesome. That was to me was the highlight of the storytelling. It's it's funny. I think that um, that part has a, a a lot of like different ways that you don't really think to to go yeah. through because everyone i've spoken to has done dealt with those teens in a different way um so for me the first thing i did was pick up the radio yeah and then they saw me doing that and they were shouting for me to to drop it and they said they'll they'll stop lighting fireworks if oh, i put wow. it back so i just put it back and then they, they i had they just got real angry with me oh, they, they still got kind of angry okay. but they still like went off yeah um, they call you a creep pretty yeah, quick yeah pretty quick um which I think is interesting because did you pick up that the hermit guy had been um, creeping around the the teens? Uh, no, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think he because you find um, you find that the teens had cut the the communication wire. Yeah, I think, and I think it's there where um, there's a letter from them that says uh, you creeping us, cre- you know, creeping around on us and and doing something um, oh you find that you find a letter on their tent is it their tent yeah yeah um and you also there's like a spray painted note on the near, near the cut wire ah uh, yeah yeah but, but um yeah that hermit guy was definitely like yeah l- my interpretation had been that the there was a a case of mistaken identity between yourself and the hermit yeah for sure those girls they thought there was one ranger mm. there was there was there was two people yeah. you just trying to get them to stop lighting fireworks and the hermit creeping around yeah being a creepy dude did you uh pursue delilah to meet you towards the end yeah did yeah same here yeah the thing with her is like man it the ending is like 
because you kind of you you kind of like yeah I want to want to. I want to start meet this a new, person. Start a new relationship with this woman and well, forget about I, my. I, I, I didn't go that far. <laughs> well, or something, right? You want to meet them at least. Or well, something. yeah, that's what I was going for. There was a, it was a meet. Yeah, like, I, I took the wedding ring. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. I, I I took it. Um, you're not going to just leave a wedding ring to burn. In the yeah, fire. it's interesting. When did the word wedding ring come off? I don't know. I yeah. never noticed. I think it's at the start of the day, but when you when you're about to leave the place, you, you notice you can, it's on the yes. table. Mm. Yeah, I I think I may have even picked it up earlier than that. There was, but there was definitely a point at which your character takes a wedding ring off, and I couldn't figure out when that. Yeah, was. Yeah, no, I, I didn't even notice it until I saw that it was on the table, and I was like, "Oh, he's not even wearing it." Um, one thing I thought was neat was when it, when you first go into the cave, and your the door gets shut behind you. Oh yeah. Um. So I actually have a, this is another question mark for me. That door shuts behind you. Is that the hermit doing that? Because yeah, he is now leading you directly to the body, mm. which is the thing he was trying to prevent you from seeing in the first place, right? Yeah, it is a little strange. And instead you find like the hideout. Before you find the hideout, I don't know if you guys notice this. There's a part where there's like you're inside the cave. There's a light shining down through a hole above and down into the bowels of the cave. Yep. And you can look down and between yourself and like the very bottom of the cave – there's a little platform with some red object on it. It's a shoe. Yes, it is a shoe. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't even notice that. It's a shoe, and I didn't know it was a shoe until I found the body on the second time you come through the cave. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, you... I, I saw the shoe. Yeah, like, Close okay. up. I, I think the first time you go through it. Yeah, oh, how close up? Very close up. Like, you could walk past it? Uh, it's it's all, yeah. You, you climb down a couple of things. You put a couple ropes down. Oh, no, because you go. Was this the first time you went through the yeah. cave? Oh, did you oh. double back through the cave? Yeah, oh. you go through it a oh, second right. time, and that's yeah. when you find yeah. the body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so I knew that I had seen that there was a red object from a distance, I, and I figured out it was a shoe after I found the body uh, yeah. missing the shoe. So it's interesting that you, the shoe. Yeah. you got to double back and check check it out. Yeah, man. Man, I want to play it again, but I, at the same time, <laughs> you don't. It's just so much time involved. Yeah. Um, that's it game. is it, okay. It's the kind of game that I wish I could forget everything about, so I could play it again for the first time. Yeah, it's, it's one. It's I think it's a good game to introduce, like a a friend who's not a quote unquote gamer, or your your parents who are just sort yeah, of curious actually, about what you do. Yeah, that's a game that I think after they get over the hurdle of like first person navigation mm-hmm. and keyboard navigation and just this, this sort of troubles of of just interacting with the game that's a game that i think uh really shows the strength of the medium or at least one aspect of the mm. medium the storytelling and the personal involvement in the story that's pretty good yeah um, it's a good year for like those sort of uh non-mainstream kind of like that and the witness uh i mean very different yeah. games but still you know very different than you've normal been playing games. the witness as well right yeah I, I haven't finished it actually but I, I should really pick that one up. Mm. I'm not a huge Jonathan Blow fan, but I'm in the minority there for yeah. sure. So. The only reason I haven't finished it was because they updated the graphics recently and it keeps crashing my graphics card. So I need cool. a new graphics card. Good update. Yep. <laughs> uh, did, did you want to talk about the uh, recent update to Path of Exile? Well, because... Oh, yeah. No, before, yeah we'll before, the, uh, before the Eli and Paula episode... That's right. We put out a <laughs> call out for questions, and there were a lot of Path of Exile related questions. Mm. And, yeah. um, and then we didn't answer any of them. Yeah, <laughs> I, went, I, I went through some of them, and it, uh, well, since 
um, ascendancy is out, mm-hmm. a lot of those questions have probably been answered. Yeah, yeah, good because point. a lot of it was like, what, what's, what's coming, what's going to happen well, in ascendancy. Let's talk about what you guys did. Blake, you worked on the tile sets for the labyrinth, the dry garden, the elegant yeah, house. Yeah, I did. Um, Looks fantastic. I didn't. I didn't do too. I didn't actually do that much in the dry garden. That was uh, a kind of new artist, um, Darian. Oh, really? Yeah, he did a good job. Yeah, really nice. In fact, he did a great job. <laughs> I think you're fired, Blake. <laughs> Well, hold Darian. on, Darian. <laughs> You're off the podcast. We're oh, no. Darian in. <laughs> Actually, behind the store, we. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did. Uh, I did the. Uh, so I actually don't know what it's called in the game itself. In the Ma- in Maya, it's it's called Elegant House. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what it's actually called in the game. So uh, if it's just called the Labyrinth, I don't know. We the the map is called the Chateau Tile. Uh, okay. so the, well, I the map version. The, um, yeah. In, in the yeah, I think it's just the lab. It's just, yeah. I call it fancy. Yeah, fancy it's tile set. It's the um. Well, I mean, this is the elegant house tile set. Yeah. So that's that's what I worked on. Um. Yeah, and it was it was it was good. Yeah, there was actually <laughs> uh, we've had a couple of uh, Reddit threads of people praising the 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 tile art and that's, stuff. Yeah, which is pretty awesome because that doesn't really happen very often right and well it's it's just every time you put out a new tile set it looks better than the last like it oh. really makes act one look like a big pile of garbage yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, we may I mean, be with uh, i think uh eric's really keen on you know revamping some of that yeah well a lot of it actually well we'll see i mean we, we, i've i've heard whispers i don't think we can talk about any of it um i don't I, I don't think we're going to see like new tiles, like the act one tile sets being redone. We might just see some, some, oh, some new additions. <laughs> um, I think at least like I, re- I and I've talked to you, Ace Vern, about this, the, the act one rocks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've I, even, I mentioned that. Yeah. Just, just updating those rocks would make a huge <laughs> difference. Right? Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you worked on those and there may be something coming into really, maybe nice. Who awesome. knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, and uh, it, it, it was cool. There was something that happened, um, Three weeks out from launch, um, whereas the uh, the Azaru boss fight area that used to just be using the regular elegant house tiles. Yeah, you worked on the the newer tiles. Yeah, well. and I I was like, I mean, it looks fine, but this should be a fancier area. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of like stayed late one night and whipped up a, a little like nice. demo thing for it, and then the next day said to Eric, "Hey, what if we change this?" And he's like. Oh yeah, that looks cool. You should do it. <laughs> so yeah, we got so th- three weeks out from launch. I just gave more work to myself by making a whole new tile set. Yeah, but th- end result's great. Yeah, it looks it looks pretty good. And, How about you, Saron? Um, geez, uh, I worked on a lot of standalone assets like static meshes and things like that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of stuff we can't talk about now. Um, mm. I know you. Yeah, I've seen some of the stuff you're working on, mm. um, but for the labyrinth specifically. What kind of stuff? I think, I think I. Did you do any of the traps? No, I think that was all you and you and Darian. Yeah, I mean Darian kind of did all the traps. Yeah. yeah. Did you do any of the? I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> what did you do? It's really weird. Um, there's <laughs> a lot of um, model any of the monsters. Zaro, who I did Zaro? Th- that was outsourced. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, but Alex and I... What do you even do with Saffron? <laughs> Alex and I <laughs> are dealing with for? a lot of the uh, outsourcing right now, so, so yeah. that's what occupies a lot of my time. You do a lot of touch-ups, right? You really... When we get stuff in, you have to basically make it look good. Uh, 
so, yeah, some from the outsources, yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just touching up bugs that happen, you know, just throughout the day, that mm. kind of thing. You were like surprisingly quick. You were off labyrinth stuff. Because we, we, when we first started production on that, you and me were just on Labyrinth stuff and then you went off to do yeah. other things. Yeah. And I was on Labyrinth for so long. <laughs> like, it was crazy. It was a long, it was, I was, we, like, we were still working on Labyrinth stuff right up until the, the final day, which was kind of um, different than, than others. Mm. Hey, other welcome monsters. to the design life. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, it was, I, I reckon it was awesome for you because like, we were all freaking out about that and you're just like, oh, I'm just like doing, doing just, the stuff. I, I am doing stuff to <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> let, let that not. Oh yeah, I yeah. know, I know, but yeah. Um, yeah, but but it's stuff that, you know, it's... Is ahead of... Yeah, yeah it's well ahead future. of... Yeah. yeah. Um, Nick, what are you, what have you been working on? Uh, How'd you... For Labyrinth, uh, I I I did not have a lot to do with the Labyrinth proper. Mm. Um, I had a little bit to do with Piranha League. A lot of my, I mean, I did a lot of the unique items, and um, in in the Labyrinth in particular, I did a lot of sort of like it's going to sound dumb, but consulting stuff. Oh. Like there were there were problems, for Consultant. example. So so in the third phase of of the Azaro fight, for example. You're in a room filled with traps, but the elevator is a big safe spot. Yeah. And that was a big problem on design where it's like, how do we make the elevator not feel safe? Mm. And so my solution had been basically give the floating green goddess a teleport skill that she'll target you and or, or target an area around her and then move everything around her to on top of a trap. Oh, yeah. Which she now does. Um, so... That that's the sort of stuff. Whereas, like, there are, there are little gaps here and there where I would jump in and that boss fight. People have been saying has been particularly hard. Like, yeah, it's a hard fight. Yeah, it's, it's it gets good, harder. Right? And so it's also a fight where you get to sort of determine the difficulty, though. Mm. So I wonder how how obvious is that? Do you think that people definitely engage with the mechanics? Okay, What's not cool. so obvious is um, that the difficulty is related to the reward. Right. Okay. Oh, that's the other thing. I I helped with was the reward side of the labyrinth the, yep. the big treasure room at the end was um sort of a, a, a joint idea between myself and and mark right. two um and, and having keys and and bonus keys you can find throughout the labyrinth yeah the labyrinth is really cool like i i've only played through it um at work because my character on on live is not not there yet mm. um but yeah, it's cool with all the branching stuff and like yeah, secret passages, really, and it's it. It's got some yeah. issues. We've had bugs yep. cropping up here and there, but I mean, this is just a matter of like, mm. you know, you expose it to ten people, you find some stuff. You expose it to fifty thousand people, you find a lot more stuff. Um, um, we we got a question on Reddit that um I I, I should have added, but um I totally forgot the uh, username. So sorry about that, but. They asked uh, what our favorite trap was and how uh, sort of wrecked we got mm. by it in the in the labyrinth. What's your favorite trap? Uh, I, Blake, you want to kick us off? Okay, my, mine is the um, <laughs> mine is the 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 giant blades on the ledges. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I really like them. Like they're easy to dodge, but it's also really fun to like run through them and have them all slam behind you and, yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I like those. I like the art. Of those, 
Oh yeah. When I first saw them, I was like, "This is badass. <laughs> this looks brutal." And yeah. you actually like touched up the ground geometry to reflect yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that was quite cool. Yeah. Um, had a hell of actually had a hell of a time making the blade like really shiny because mm. just because of the weird lighting in, in the labyrinth, mm. um, it was hard to get those specular highlights on. You can just like add extra spec, crank it up to a. I think that's well. Actually, the funny, the funny thing is, I think that's what Eric did in the end because <laughs> I like I cranked it up and I was like, yeah, I guess this was all right. And then I saw Eric had updated it again with like even more. I was like, okay, cool. And one of the the one thing I did work on for the labyrinth was were all those doors, the ones with the oh uh, yeah, you did yeah the, the silver and gold doors. I think so. Mm, and the locked doors, the glowing blue ones. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I, I I touched up those tiles. I think you also did the uh, a lot of the well, all the entrances to the. The trials like that are outside the labyrinth that you go through to mm. unlock the labyrinth. Yeah, because those are doors inside um, existing dungeons. Okay. Yeah. I think yeah. Yeah. I, I, I touch those up, but when it comes to traps, uh, you know those, those um, they look like those car cleaner rollers oh, that kind of come things, down yeah. on the doors. Oh. Those things are brutal. Wacky. Who? who who put that together? I, I, I can't remember if it was me or Tom that, that did it. Like, they just ended up there and we were like, okay, we're just going to keep It's hilarious. Bizarre, wacky, like, the most obvious <laughs> trap ever. Yep. Skull cleaners. Yeah. Um, my was, favorite. Uh, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, <laughs> I, I also did, um, for the for the doorway, a trap that I really like with these. Uh, instead of the car cleaners, sometimes you get these spikes that come up. Oh, yeah. But they, they come up and then they sort of like... Start splitting they apart. They split out yeah. and, oh, and they go like... Start hitting. Yeah, yeah. So the, you, if you stand right next to them, you're still going to get hit because these blades are like... <laughs> Man, <laughs> I hate those things so much. I love those playing. things. They're so it's just cool. like, oh, sweet doorway. Ow. Yeah. Ow, 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 ow. It's like, oh, oh, lucky I missed that. And then... <laughs> um, I, I love the spike traps. Simple, simplest, Sim- yeah. simplest trap there is, yeah. but like, there's a lot from a design perspective that you can do. That's true. Like the yeah. direction in which they, like, if they're coming up in a set order, and in which direction you're running, makes it much a, a very different experience. And like, I checkerboard stuff, and I think like it's the pressure rid- ones. They're all it's all so interesting. I think it's ridiculous how often I get trapped by the spike traps. Yeah, especially the ones where some of them will go up and the adjacent ones will go down. Yeah, and your first initial instinct when you get hit is to run to the one that's down. Right, but, but that's by the about time you get there, it goes up. Yeah, and then, <laughs> so yeah. you just keep going in this yeah, stupid it's loop. Yeah, so, it's so it's it's it plays with how you would sort of move. Yeah, yeah. Your natural, way. yeah, your just natural instinct is to get away from the danger. Yeah, you're like, oh, the down spot is safe. Oh, no, it's but, not safe no, anymore. It's not anymore. <laughs> but that down spot is safe. <laughs> Wait, what am I Why doing? Why does this I keep happening? I need to stop this. Um, all right. Well, how, well what time, how much time we got? Uh, we're over, but let's... We got, well, let's answer one question real quick. This is from... Uh, do you want to say his name? We'll say his name. Yeah, 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 yeah. we're cool. This is from... Uh, Robert, he emailed this in. If you want to email a question, by the way, frontseatquestions at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us at frontseatcast, or uh, visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash frontseatcast. Um, this is a question from Robert. Is it a trend that games are getting easier and easier and more like guided movies, or is that just a bias from the large AAA titles? How do you see Path of Exile on the difficulty scale, and where do you want it to be? Uh, Reddit claims that the game got easier over the years. What's your stance on this? So I have definitely have opinions about this. Okay. Do you guys have any thoughts? I, I think making it easier, more approachable is just a, a given. The, these these are things that you kind of want in a game, especially mm-hmm. if you want to 
have a lot of people play it. Yeah. Um, so it makes sense to go that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sucks that to make it simple, you kind of, to, to make it more approachable, you sort of, it, it is dumbed down just, just by mm. being that. Yep. Um, with Path of Exile, it's it, it took a lot that was already established from from my point of view. Mm-hmm. Like I, I never really got into Diablo 2, but speaking to Reese and other people at work about it, you know, the map worked like it did in Diablo 2. Mm. You know, these things were just yeah. trait, uh, tropes of of the action role-playing yeah. game genre. Uh, um, and it becoming easier, was that just because people had more exposure, there was more information about it? Mm. I, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, so my, th- I, I think you are spot on that like the, um, the simpler it is to get into a game, the more of an audience you're going to find. Yeah. For a game like Path of Exile, where entrance is free but sustained play is is where we make our money, um, and like the, the enticing like you, you've been playing for hundreds of hours, you could expand your stash, you know, mm-hmm. make your character look cool, mm-hmm. give us a little money. Um, the having it, the more players we get in, and the longer they play, then the more likely that is to happen, right? Um, but having them play longer means that there has to be an element of difficulty there because otherwise when players feel like they have um, challenge, challenged themselves as much as they can and, and nothing else is going to challenge them anymore, they get bored. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are... So if we look at games like... Let's, let's contrast two games. Firewatch. That is literally a guided movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where you... There's no difficulty. You you just follow the the points of interest. You and you listen to a story and engage in it, and then it's over. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody can beat it. Is uh, there's no challenge there. And there's like uh, Dark Souls, where it is notoriously brutally difficult, oh, yeah. and people will get stuck on the first level, and maybe ne- like if you gave that game to your mom, she probably won't get past the first enemy or two. Um, so there's a comedian called Dara O'Brien who had a uh, a talk or a bit about this, uh, which is basically like it's the only medium where you can buy a product and then the product stops you from enjoying itself. <laughs> because if you buy a book, you can't uh, – you should definitely listen to the, 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 the bit because he tells it beautifully. But, you know, a book is not going to say, sorry, you, don't, you didn't glean enough information from chapter one. <laughs> yeah. Go back and read it again. <laughs> um, a song is not going to be like, you didn't appreciate me in the first verse. Go back and listen to the first verse again. Yeah, damn good um, point. But a game is like, uh, you didn't beat level one. Mm. Can't, there's only there's 40 levels left. You're never <laughs> going to see them. <laughs> so uh, there's, at that point, you, they have your money. Mm. That's not the case with a lot of games now, right? A lot of games, if you're not letting a player access the content, mm. you're not making money. Well, it's a bit like, yeah, with free-to-play games, you almost, the the game has to convince you yes. that it's worth spending money on. Yeah. Yeah. But there's the other side of this. Um, Path of Exile has been around since 2012. Players have gotten better, mm. like much, much better. And this is this is a phenomenon you see in a lot of other games, League of Legends, uh, Hearthstone, Dota, where uh, the longer a game is around, players perceive the game getting easier Um it's just that they have a much larger base of knowledge to work from. Mm-hmm. That's a um, that's a similar thing in uh, like um, 
in game development like you you have to be aware when you're making a game that um you yourself are actually getting better at that game and then what you thought was like a good challenge is maybe too hard for is actually like way too hard yeah. yeah yeah that's a it's something we have to avoid consciously i mean that, that must have come into play when designing those traps too for path of exile I yeah bet. yeah um, there's a yeah oh, and sometimes we forget like sometimes there's there's content where it's like this is great for an expert player, but uh, an average or, or new player is not going to be able to beat it or is going to have a really tough time. And I think, I mean, I think with Path of Exile, like, uh, it's still difficult for, you know, new players because I was recently playing with a friend that I might have talked about on the podcast a while back where mm. he just kept changing his build every five minutes. Yeah. And so he had a really difficult time yeah. with the game <laughs> and it certainly wasn't easy for him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's also, if you return to a game like League of Legends, if you haven't played it for a few years, mm. and you, you were like a silver or gold rank before, you're going to have like a tough time getting oh, out of yeah. bronze, yeah. <laughs> because players are just better. Yeah. The skill level has risen. The meta People have a changed. much deeper understanding of the, of the mechanics, and, um, and you know, they've been playing for thousands of hours more than you. Um, and uh, if you look at like a, a World of Warcraft expansion, the time it took for someone to get from like, one to 60 was a super long time when it first came out. And mm. then from 60 to 70 took like a, I think it was within a week or something. And then like 70 to 80 was within a day. Oh, God. It, it is because players learn mechanics. Like they, they, they know all of the mechanics. They know now how to exploit these mechanics. Mm. Um, um, Blizzard has also like really streamlined. I think that game quite a lot. Yeah. That that's true mm. as well. Yeah. They've, they've, uh, gotten away they've gotten rid of a lot of the chaff mm. um so there's there's a whole bunch of elements to this perception of games getting easier game gamers just have gotten better is a big part of it mm. um and you need to make your game appeal to all audiences yeah i tell you um, sorry sorry did i catch up <laughs> i'll just want to say one more thing sorry um variable difficulty is is basically our best answer to that sort of thing which is a little bit of what you see in the labyrinth mm-hmm um, but it's otherwise very. It's a hard. It's a problem that a lot of developers have to tackle. I think the uh, the most successful games are the ones that can actually make it make it easily ap- approachable uh-huh. and have that difficulty. Uh, Rocket League is fantastic. Oh at this. yeah, that's uh, it's good. it's incredible. Yeah, but the way so they do that. imagine playing Rocket League three years from now if you haven't played it like in in that amount of time. Yeah, you'll be wrecked. Right, and the difficulty of Rocket League depends on the players themselves yeah for sure like i mean call of duty is not like that or anything yeah and it'll be similar to that clash royale game where you you get matched up with easier guys and yeah get up that ladder yeah but even clash royale like i i can see you know if this game's still around four years from now um the strategy and and tactics involved there will probably be much more advanced oh yeah it's gonna be much much harder to climb the ladder Mm -hmm. from um but there's also just going to be a lot more mechanics to learn. I, I'm sure they're going to introduce new cars and stuff. So. Yeah, just given Supercell's caliber, that, that's got legs. Yeah. So do you feel that like triple um, A games are easier than than they than they were like ten years yeah, ago? Yeah, like, yeah, like for Call sure. of Duty and like Call of Duty and stuff. Like, like the Division is that does that seem too easy or is? Um, again, it's that curve. So yeah, it's going to be easier to get up from level one to 10, but you know, it's exponentially going to get harder yeah. just by design. Yeah. I just, it's, I mean, it is, it's, it is silly to lock someone out of content they've paid for it, as well. Yeah. 
Um, a lot of games now have like, you haven't beaten this level in five tries. Do you want us to show you how to do it? Yeah, that's that's and, pretty crazy, I think. But and but it's helpful, right? Yeah. It now means that you... Now, there are games on, Nintendo, on the NES that I will never see the ending of because they were just too hard or whatever. Oh, yeah. yeah, Mike Tyson Punch-Out was one of them. And, oh, yeah. Jeez, uh, yeah. that was rough. I, I had to YouTube an ending really? just because, yeah, oh, we man. never got to the end of Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. Yeah, punch but, you, but you paid for that ending. Mm. <laughs> you you the, owned When that, I brought the cartridge. Yeah. yeah. And that's just some, that's content you never got to use because it was like, mm, sorry. Yeah, so why do you guys think that games like Dark Souls are so popular then? Where- because that appeals to the people who really seek out that difficulty. This is Those are the... Those are gamers who have played games for ten years, you know, and they mm-hmm. they they miss that hardcore element that where it's like you only you win or fail. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I totally get the it's, appeal. It, I think that kind of difficulty is really dependent on um, if the game uh, makes it feel that you as the player are the one that made the mistake. Yeah, you know? if, like Super Meat Boy, like if you screw yeah. up. It's you. It's not the game suddenly just killed you for no reason. Right. It's, it's you, you know? So yeah. games that are based on... Games that are fair but harsh, yes. you know? Yeah. Are probably, you know, the best. Yeah. I, th- <laughs> I still think there's a place for super hard games. And I think, yeah. I also think it's sensible that games don't need to be as hard as they were back in the Nintendo mm. era, like early... They were kind of crazy hard. But we still played them, dumb. like... But there was nothing else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I always think it's like, because when we were kids, we had like infinite amount of time and no money. So we'd just pick one game and just master yep. that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, good question, Robert. Thank you for emailing. Uh, and if you've got a question, frontseatquestions at gmail.com, at frontseatcast uh, on Twitter, or facebook.com slash frontseatcast. I've got one more thing. Okay, go it's ahead. A, it's a very quick plug. Oh, Real cool. quick, yeah. I I may be releasing. I will be by the time this by the time this is released. Uh, I think my game Turret Town will be published on Congregate. Whoa. So check it out. We'll uh, search it. for. Should we link it? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah sure, for sure. Cool. We'll have a link on our Facebook page. <laughs> <That's laughs> Facebook.com slash Frontseatcast. And that's me. Frontseatcast presents... <laughs> Turret Town. Turret Town. Oh, I'm is. only taking 10%. <laughs> oh, dude. And I should say, yeah, we like we work on Path of Exile. It has nothing to do with Path of Exile. Oh, it, is. Path of Exile. it is the most casual freaking game on the planet. It's got a monster so, in it, though, right? It's got sockets and does gems. Have monster- oh, yeah, it's got a whole materia uh, system. <laughs> Passive a- skill tree. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll be back cool. in a couple of weeks. See ya. Bye. All right, see ya. Hey, welcome to episode 33 of Front Seat Gamer. I'm Nick. I'm here with Severn hey, and Blake. What's up? No guests today. That's okay because we're talking about Firewatch. Um, but before we get to that, have you guys been playing anything other than Firewatch? A couple of things. I tried that Division Data a little while ago. Yeah? Oh, right. How is it? I've heard it's good until, like, you start getting towards endgame and then... Uh, I just played the beta, and I was just going and having a look at art. Um, I know enough that it's not my kind of game. Mm. <clears throat> it's kind of action role-playing game wrapped in a third-person shooter. Uh-huh. I guess. Does it have... Because it is kind of an MMO. Like, it is an MMO, right? Um, not sure. Okay. What are the quests? Or what are the missions like? Um, go to an area, kill people. Yeah. Do you have to kill a certain number of people? Do you have to... 
bring. Okay. Like kill a certain number of people. Yeah. Then bring back their tails. You to, yeah, do you have to bring back? Does somebody make you a sweet belt out of uh, the stuff that you bring back? The ones in the beta were, were rescue this one guy. Okay. Who's found in some mines. Okay. Did I played um, a Division-esque game. I mean, Defiance came out a couple of years ago and had some similarities with Division, and then it was a first-person shooter MMO. Or maybe it was third-person. Yeah, it was third-person. But it, it was a shooter MMO. And um, they sort of tried to mask some of the MMO-ish stuff by, like, giving you a specific target to kill. But really, to get there, you'd have to kill a certain number of dudes, or, you know, you'd have to break into a warehouse and destroy a machine, but the warehouse is a, it's a mini dungeon. That's what gets me with, like, I guess modern MMOs is, it, like, they can try and wrap that stuff in, like, Awesome Story or, or whatever, like uh, like the Old Republic games did. Like, yeah. They had some actual good storyline, but the missions still just boiled down to kill five dudes, okay. collect five whatever, you know, Yep. escort this person there and as soon as I realized that in any of these like MMO games I that's when I kind of start switching off yeah and I'm just I might as well just play WoW so is yeah okay the, did you enjoy WoW yeah okay but it was uh, I enjoyed WoW probably because it was the first MMO right. I ever played and so I didn't know the tropes that's also I mean WoW also has a beautiful world mm. and, and it's just very it's a, one of the as far as like experiences go it's just a very smooth experience mm. um what are some games you do enjoy that aren't MMOs? That aren't MMOs, like yeah. Skyrim would be okay. pretty great. We're, and that's different because... I actually don't know. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I can't think of... I can't think of any Skyrim quests off the top of my head. It's usually go into a dungeon. Yeah, I know. It is usually go into a dungeon kill and kill a, a dude, thing. Or give collect give a them thing. some stuff. I don't know. I think maybe... Okay, maybe it's because they don't respawn... Really, like once you clear a dungeon, that's sort of it. That's like you're you're going through it. it it's more of a, a a living world kind of thing where you go in and you clear out something. That place stays cleared out. Yeah. You don't you don't on your way out. You don't go. Oh, I'm running into respawns. Yeah. You know. Uh, world permanence is really yeah. a big difference there. Where if you any change you make to the world affects the world indefinitely mm-hmm. uh, until or if something undoes that change it sort of makes sense in context mm. like i in in skyrim you could re-enter a dungeon and there might be bandits there or something like yeah, that you know yeah. um i think that is a big important factor that mmos miss um also the sense that like um the world is as interactive as in a single player game mm. for example skyrim you can pick object you can pick up a plate off a table you know and and toss yeah. it and you've done that and, it, and the game remembers that and yeah you'll, and you, you'll, you'll you'll, walk, you can see npcs walk past and look at it or whatever yeah. right um but it, like in world of warcraft you, you don't get to remove books from a table and no there's none of that and even when things like in world of warcraft they have come a long way with their whole phasing stuff yeah for, t- for a little more world permanence yeah yeah and that that stuff is really cool but still you know that this is the same thing that's happening to everyone it's still you know yeah, and you also get this weird disconnect where if your friend hasn't done oh, that quest, yeah. they fade out of the world. Yeah, <laughs> it's always a bit weird. Um, yeah. Um, what about you, Blake? What have you been playing? Um, actually, I would. I was just going to ask another question about the division. Um, 
and at E3, they showed this really cool as quest thing that I thought was really awesome where um, they went through like a regular dungeon. I guess it was like MMO style thing. And they were coming out with the loot and then they met another group oh, yeah. and that group like started finding them. Um, but then one of the dudes in their own group turned on them and just shot everybody, all the survivors, and then took all the loot from themselves. How often does that kind of stuff happen? Like, I, I didn't encounter those uh, moments, but yeah, that's one thing I do like about the division and how it's set up. It's, I think they call it like black zones or something. Okay. Um, and you go into an area, you know, fight some guys, but if you want to take gear out of that area, it's a hail or a helicopter or something. Oh, right. And so Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I thought that was funny. Yeah, that's pretty cool. But touching on the, the world a little bit, I could see if you really don't like looking at New York, uh -huh. you know, you're going to hate the game. Um, because it looks beautiful, but yep. that's all you're going to get. Mm. Oh, hold up. You're not recording, Sven. Is your mic? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm not getting anything. Talk about the division again. Nah, uh, nah. I don't no, really. I think I think you should. I, I don't want to. The the essence is gone.